Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast, Journeys in Descending into the Mysteries and Rising from the Roots. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, and this episode is our 100th episode. So crazy, 100 episodes and the podcast, I began it in January 2022, so just a year and a half here and 100 episodes. I'm so excited and I can't wait for its continued flourishing and blossoming and growth. So thank you all so much for being here with me. It has definitely been a a journey for sure and I'm very grateful, very, very grateful. And so today for our 100th episode, I have a a fellow West Coaster on the show with me today, um, Catherine Faraci. And Catherine is an equine therapist and holds beautiful retreats with her beautiful horses on Salt Spring Island. So a little bit about Catherine. Her journey began with the horses over a decade ago. As a child, she enjoyed a handful of experiences with these incredible beings only to circle around and have them become some of her most profound teachers. Her second child, Juniper, at four years of age, was enchanted by their majestic world engulfed in every aspect of their being as they were with her. And at the time, Catherine found them rather large and intimidating. And to her surprise, even standing in the field with them, she experienced a lot of fear. Her curious mind began to question what this reaction was all about. They were having a profound effect on her every time she was with them, only to later reveal they were reflecting Catherine's own sovereignty and power. And now she, Catherine, is a mother of three children and a practitioner of acupuncture and craniosacral therapy, and now has added FEEL, F-E-E-L, certification as part of her life work with the horses. And this is such a beautiful episode. I love diving into the magic of nature and the amazing creatures that are on this planet with us. And this one is so packed full of just the majestic nature of horses, of the land, of the beautiful West Coast, and what being in the present moment has to offer. So I can't wait to dive into this episode with you. And if you feel called to share the episode, please like, share, follow, share with your friends. It's so important. Write a review um, to get these conversations out to a wider audience. And if you feel called to share financially, please join the Patreon portal or check out the affiliate links in the show notes. Wild Holistics is my go-to to to purchase my tinctures and my most favorite pearl powder, which has so many healing and nourishing benefits. And if you use the discount code Lisa with the link in the show show notes, you get 10% off and that goes towards the podcast. So you're helping, you are supporting the podcast with that purchase and I am so 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 grateful let's sink into the medicine of the horses welcome Catherine to the podcast I'm so excited for this episode you're my first person on here that is on Salt Spring Island 
And I feel like there could be some magic that we could talk about with Salt Spring as well later on mm-hmm. in the conversation. It's got its own, I don't know, just got its own life and vitality on it, all in itself, that little gem of an island. So, but to start, let's start with what's been the journey that has led you to the magical work that you're offering the world today. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a journey like, you know, I I broke my leg and I went in front of the horse and healed my horse, you know, it healed my leg and we all, um, but it actually started with my daughter. She, at a very, very young age, was pretty committed to these horses across the street. And I thought, of course, every girl's dream, you know, but watching her with them started to engulf my energy, like watching how she played with them and how she interacted with them. She was a tiny girl standing with these 17 hand high horses and they were listening to her. And I thought, what is going on? I, on the other hand, could barely stand in the field with them. I was terrified. I thought, these are flight or fight animals. They're huge. And they're walking towards me. <laughs> I would literally be like, Juniper, the horse is walking towards me. And she'd be like, just relax, mom. They're coming to say hi. So that fear is actually what sort of got me curious. I thought, this is a very unreasonable fear for myself. I was, it, I got surprised by it. And so I just started paying attention and through the work, I love energy. I love watching the interconnectedness of everything. It totally is my jam. So I got into it. And before I knew it, I was looking to buy a horse. I was looking every night. I had a two-year-old, a four-year-old and a, and my mother, I was taking care of my mother at the time. And um, every night before bed, I was like looking. Like, what do I need to know about a horse before I get it? And so we ended up getting a horse and that journey began. And once you get a horse, it's like a steep, hard learning curve. And that horse fell a month after we got him and was not getting up, was not moving. So we called in everyone we knew, all the energy workers, all the vets, everything. And one vet said to me, your horse, you don't have to put your horse down. And I was like, Phew. and it gave me like a first layer to relax. And then I said, well, I'm going to try what I know. And that's just to feel the energy and speak to it and see what happens. And so I said, did your owners tell you that you were getting sent away? I have no idea where that question came. It just came in. All of a sudden I thought, there's unfinished goodbyes here. And so I called the owner and I was like, did you say why you were leaving this horse? Does this horse actually know what happened? Because they'd been together for 18 years. And the bond is so strong with a horse that... They feel everything. They feel the energies apart. They feel leaving. They, they, they're with you. So I called the people and I said, I think you have to come and say goodbye, a, a, a proper goodbye. And she said, yes. 
and I was so excited. I ran down to the barn and I said, Dakota, so-and-so, they're coming to say goodbye. They're coming to talk to you. And he started doing circles in his pen. And he was so excited. And he didn't actually lie down after that. Like he, up until that point, he was sort of lying down and would stand up and lie down and didn't have much energy. And all of a sudden, all this energy came. And um, that feeling was just, one, I couldn't believe what was happening. I was like, this is actually working right in front of my eyes. <laughs> and so they had come and they said, we had to leave you. They, they did whatever they did. They had an hour with them, I think. And then they said goodbye. And he was pretty much fine after that day. And I thought, there's a whole world that I am not paying attention to with these animals because we are riding them and getting them to do circles and jumps and playing. But that aspect really got me interested. So on we went and it just continued. And I eventually found women that did this work. One of them lives on the island and she'd done some, she did Celtic shamanism and studied with Linda Kohanov, the sort of the founder of that work. And um, I had a session with her around the fear of horses. And then it just was so in me. It just, it just was like, oh, it just naturally became this. Did you find out where the fear of horses stemmed from with that? Yes. And you're never, well, you're going to believe it. And you're going to say, Cass, no, duh. But I couldn't see it at the time. But really, they were actually just reflecting my power and my beauty. And I had to stand with it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how much therapy have we done around holding our power? But there's always a layer to still be reflected and to be able to hold. And so once I understood that, I thought, oh, they've got messages to offer. They, they have more to offer back to humans than we know. And so I would just bring my clients to these horses and we would just chat and I would watch the horses interact and you know, some of the stuff that they would show, I thought, you, you can't make this up. <laughs> you uh -oh. just can't. Uh -huh. They're right with us, you know. So then I went off and got my certification. And now I'm holding retreats and one-on-ones with people. So and the certification, that's like equine therapy, is it? Yeah, it's feel. It's facilitated um, experiential equine learning. And um, there's many bodies of people sort of teaching this at the time right now there's no regulating body so um there's efl that's another one it's different from therapeutic riding therapeutic riding is onto itself and it it helps disabled bodies and children and minds organize themselves with the horses so that's that's a different they can ride them they have a very different program. But this, this work is all specifically around optimizing human potential, basically. I had equine therapy last spring. So a year ago. Wow, it would be a year ago now. I still can't believe it's June. But anyways, and it showed me so much about the state of my nervous system, the horse 
literally bumped me off the path. And Mm -hmm. the therapist was like, are you in your body? (laughs) And I thought I was in my body, but it was like the horse was showing me like you are completely in fight or flight and just knocked me literally off, Mm -hmm. off the path. And I was like, Ooh, that was a hard awakening, (laughs) a hard little nudge. (laughs) Was it gentle? That's for sure. Um, So with working with the horses and equine therapy, do you have to get specific horses or were you able to work with your Dakota, your existing horse and train him to work with you and clients? You know, I have two horses, one um, named Stormir, he's an Icelandic, and Dakota, who's an Arab. Um, and I just wrapped one in on this last retreat. Wrapped and one in, like got a new one? Wrapped, like I brought one into my herd so that we could have more horses to work with. And they're just being, they're just so honest with energy. There was, there was no specific training. I, I do tell them what they're going to be doing. And I always assume that they're just feeling the energy going forward with that. Um, my horses definitely are very familiar now with the work. I literally say, who wants to work? (laughs) And one of them will walk up. So yeah, specific training. You can, you can, it benefits, but it's also really beautiful just to experience the authenticity of their beings and their nature. Because they're just playing off of energy, right? And they want to be safe. They want to be in a herd. So any human or energy in their environmental layer, which is quite big, like it's a huge, huge layer, they want to make sure they're safe. So they'll either reflect where you're out of line and bring you back into your coherence of yourself, or they'll show you (laughs) what Mm. you can do. So Mm. when you say their field is big, is that like, their field of energy that they're monitoring. That's the word that I'm looking for that they're curious about. And so when they They show us um, these things. Yeah, they have like, I would, I don't know actually how many layers they have, but their heart alone is five times larger than a human heart and beats three times slower So their electric magnetic field on their own is studied to be like a hundred times stronger out. So you can already feel that they can feel someone's heart four or five feet away happily, which is also the nice thing about working with them. But anyway, we can get into that later. So then, and then they have their environment. So we live in a valley and the horse, we have three different horse sort of areas And they communicate with each other, I'd say half a kilometer down the road. And they all communicate. So then when we come into my field, which is about three and a half acres, I'm already aware I'm, I'm decently in their environmental layer. And then you come closer and we do an exercise, right? Where you can play with that. You walk towards them and you just notice where they notice your energy. So then we say, yeah, there's a personal layer. And then there's an intimate layer. And 
those are all worth noticing within yourself and with the horse. And that's one of the first exercises we do actually is noticing how far we can actually feel energy and have the horse sort of reflect that back to us. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. with that horse specifically that bumped me off the trail, was it reading like you're not safe? So we need to bring you into coherence. Is that what the horse was feeling? Well, potentially, you know, every horse has a different personality and holds a different spot in the herd. Um, one thing I've really learned with them is how did it feel for you? What did you, you know, you noticed and the person with you thought, are you in your body? Yeah. Well, I felt not seen. I was like, it's literally not seeing me. It's acting as if I'm not here. Right. Yeah. So that's sort of, yeah. Like, where does that go? And for that day, what was the gift of knowing that? for yourself yeah 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 it gave me a lot of insight into noticing where my nervous system was out of whack Mm -hmm. that you know where I was in fight or flight and kind of running around and all this stuff I mean there's so much that evolved from that session uh you know months and months later oh yeah uh, good yeah yeah and, and many many ways, but it did show me where I wasn't fully in my body in the present moment, especially, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. I was, um, yeah, in fear and all kinds of things. What are the main things that show up for clients? Is there kind of um, a consistency that you see with clients when they're working with the horses? No. Um, can I ask you a question? Sure. Sure. What's your takeaway still from that day? Well, I'm I'm still in it. I'm still in it in a way that, you know, before we hit record, I spoke about menopause and being right. in menopause. So I'm still on the tail end of a full-blown nervous breakdown um, mm. trauma response that happened over Christmas. I was in a trauma response for three months. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm still in it and I'm mm-hmm. still digesting what all that was, you know, but it kind of began last spring. So I don't have my, um, I want to say like happy story quite yet from all of that, but happy story is the wrong words. I don't have my, oh, this is why it all happened quite right. yet. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So you that's a cat a strong blueprint still of that experience? Like, do you have that, like, if you go back to that experience where he knocked you and you thought, whew, I'm not being seen. Yeah. Does that feel alive still in your body? Um, I don't think that particular moment. Mm. I think, yeah, maybe that, like, I'm not seeing something, you know, and what the past year has shown me is that I wasn't seeing that Mm. I had severe PTSD and Mm. I wasn't unraveling all of that. I was Mm. kind of just in fight or flight and and moving Mm -hmm. physically a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. does that answer your question? 
Yeah, because well, I'm still sort of curious, you know, like how long, because I get to be with them every day. <laughs> you know, the consistency is pr- valuable for my practice with them. So I'm yeah. always curious, like when people have had an experience months ago, what's, you know, I like seeing sort of proof in the pudding a little bit of yeah. once you've had this time with the horses, you know, can, can we actualize it in our life more effectively? Yeah. As, as a practice or not. And so, and yeah. so going back to that question, I think a lot of it is about presence. Yeah. Sure. I will share that the therapist that I was working with and I moved, so I moved, so I stopped doing the equine therapy. I moved to the coast, but she said, she said, you've had a lot of trauma. You might want to pay attention to that. That's mm-hmm. what she received from the horses. And then I moved and I didn't pay as closely attention as I should have. And mm. then she said, I think she said, you're, you could be close to like a nervous breakdown. Mm. And then, and then I had it. <laughs> you know? mm. So, um, so yeah, so that mm-hmm. was interesting, but I maybe didn't pay as close enough attention to it as I should have mm. with the, with what the horses said, you know? Right. Oh, you might have yeah. to come and do a, Another one. Yes. Yes. I, my best friend, one of my best friends lives on Salt Spring. So I do come over there. Yeah. And I'm not too far. I mean, I say that I'm not too far in the Sunshine Coast, but it's three ferries. Oh, no. It is the, no, I understand. <laughs> I completely understand. It is the farthest place to get to. It takes like 12 hours, but the solution okay. is just flying. Oh, okay. 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 Yes. I just yeah. had clients come and I was like, if you can fly and they were like watching the fairy laughing because every time they've come, it's so epic to get here. So with, oh, okay. Up in the sky. I mean, I'm still in that phase where I love the fairies. The romanticism oh, oh. hasn't worn off. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> this summer might do that though, because they get so crazy in the summer. So yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yes. Yes. And, I'll have to come over and meet them. So has there been a common thread with your clients on what's coming, Presence, what comes forward? Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, they just all come with their unique pieces. And I'm really noticing, you know, the more I can actually get out of the way, mm. the people really sink into what's important for them. And so, you know, boundaries, I mean, my retreats are sort of titled after, I guess, common enough experiences, which is boundaries, mm. empowerment, reflections, and, you know, the dreamscape of horses, where they, where they can, how we can work with them with our dreams. Ooh. In the spirit world, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? How you can work with them in your dreams? Your dreams. Um, they, well, I, I have one horse, actually the one I was speaking about, who every retreat someone has lost someone. And my horse, he goes into a trance. I'm not kidding. Like all of a sudden he stands still and his eyes are still and he does not move. And at first I thought, oh my gosh, he's gonna, what's going to happen? <laughs> and then the clients would just say, oh, so-and-so is here. And they would just feel the presence of these people that have passed. And their tears just fill and they get messages. 
So that's been really healing for people. Yeah. Because most of the time we are quite busy and don't always get proper, you know, we have children or businesses or, I mean, life is so full right now. And um, so it's a beautiful way to land in the body and grief and get messages from the spirit world. And so that's been pretty beautiful. And then you can go into your dreams with them. You can ask them to show you stuff in your dreams and no one's come back with a no horse showed up. So they, they are real. Um, you know, I'm so aware of the, the horse world and then the world of mysticism and the world of energy and trying to find a language that we can hold in all three and um, dreaming, I think might be a stretch for some and for the ones really in sort of the mysticism and energetic world, it's so clear to them. So when I speak about it, I, I sort of tread with words, hoping to find words that we can weave through all of these experiences, you know, of ways to be with horses. But they are, I feel like they're energetic travels. And our energetic travels. And so if we're willing to meet those in the spirit realm or in the dreamscape, you you can have a beautiful healing experience. Yeah. 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 So what does a horse do to humans on a physical level? On a physical level, we would most likely use the word coherence, Mm -hmm. where they bring your body, your mind, and your spirit into alignment. Okay. Um, One of the retreats, we used these little heart math, you know, the Heart Math Institute. They did research on horses and humans and found that horses naturally will throw you into coherence being around them. So we played with it a little bit of where people would feel stories away from the horses and then they would bring those same stories near the horses and wait. And every time these machines would go beep, 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 bringing you back into your body. So physically their presence is stronger. So whatever strength or whatever power or energy, whatever word you use, Whatever one is greater than everyone aligns with it. And so with the horses, you get in. You come into your soul, spirit, physical body. And the mind has a place at the table, but not the biggest one. Hmm. And I think in our culture with, you know, so much buzzy, buzzy, buzzy going on, on, on coming back into the body for a lot of us is just a great experience. It's really Mm -hmm. eye opening. Yeah. It's like that slowing down, really slowing down and being exactly where, where you are. And they're so interconnected with nature. Yeah. I was telling someone the other day, they like their feet register the feeling of the earth. And so that's how their bodies know how to make more fur for the winter or, you know, like, so they get you interconnected 
two with everything around you because that's their survival. That's their brilliance. That's their ability to be is connected to the trees, connected to the birds, connected to the voices, the animals in the space, you know? Yeah. So they yeah. bring everyone sort of, I like to call it home. It is my experience. Feels like that home to their body mm. and home to like the rhythm that we, of the earth that we actually live on as opposed yeah. to this like fast paced linear Mm -hmm. world that we've been programmed yeah. you know I mean my life is not like that anymore living on the sunshine coast it's slowed down mm -hmm. immensely but I think about being back in cities like that go 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 and it's like no tuning attuning to the actual rhythms that are around us that are part of nature not fabricated and mm -hmm. you know cre created outside mm -hmm. not in tune with nature do you mm. notice that on Salt Spring? Have you always lived on Salt Spring? I, I moved from Vancouver probably 15 years ago. Oh, wow. And that, that is one of the, the gifts, right, is the seasons are a part of your cycle. Mm. In the mm -hmm. city, I would just, if it was raining, I'd like run, like cover, run to a building. But here with animals, you know, you're in the elements with them, and that, that, that cycle is so important. Look yeah. at I see your little doggy. He knows we're talking about animals. He's coming. He always like midway comes <laughs> like down. Like, and ah, yeah, they're talking about me. <laughs> he just stops and looks and he's like, does she have food? Is she going to give me food? That's what he's doing right now. He's such a character. Uh, now he's just sleeping on the stairs. Um, so for everybody listening, Salt Spring, it's part of the Gulf Islands on the West Coast of Canada. What yeah. drew you to Salt Spring? Um, oddly enough, I was pregnant with my second child and was not excited about raising them in the city. Mm. I grew up um, in Winnipeg and we had a cottage and I always say to my sister, you know, the memories I talk about are all about the cottage, never about being in the city. Like nature has just been such a huge part of growing up and noticing and my mom was so keen on it, you know. I was just telling someone how she would wake us up if the northern lights were out. You know, mm -hmm. Tiny kids would be like, come on, you've got to go see it. And I think now, you know, now that she's passed, that's one of the things that I loved so much, mm -hmm. for, you know, about what she did for us. That I thought, I'm not raising them in the city. And so my friend said, well, my parents rent a house on salt spring i thought okay well we'll go try it so i went and looked at this house and she said well we're gonna sell it in three months i was like okay we'll buy it wow <laughs> and i went home i was like i think i just bought this house i have no idea how we're gonna do it <laughs> anyway we um what my husband was working for lululemon at the time and okay stocks went and that allowed okay. us to buy our house Oh, so that's amazing. Yeah, and we were just landed here. We didn't look at any other houses. We just came. And it's amazing. Yeah. Are there any lessons that you've received from Salt Spring living on an island? Oh, so many. So many. And it continues to offer. I think this year I said, I've been here 15 years, and I thought, now I really know what community is. Hmm. 
it really takes so much time to understand what that actually means. And you see glimpses, but it's you're not totally embodied in it, you know? And you just see how it can feed you, you know? Mm-hmm. In a city, it's sort of like, I didn't have that experience. I had friends, deep, close friends, but that the community aspect reaches beyond friendships. It It's like you're all there for each other. I had people looking at my kids when they'd be running around in the park that I might not have known and they were just held. And I knew there's like a safety and um, a support that I didn't actually quite expect to Mm. be honest. Yeah. So that's been really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like I'm, you know, the Sunshine Coast probably it's not an island, but it's like an island because you have to get here by ferry. But that community aspect has been so huge and such a difference mm-hmm. from the city. I, I'm i in the middle of purchasing a property. So fingers crossed the conditions yeah. go through and all that, but it's already like offers to help me move and just so much support. And I think it's because we have limited resources here. You know, there's no I mean, not that I like Walmart anyway, there's no Walmart here. There's none of the big brands here. Like there's um, that interconnectedness where it's like, oh, okay, so-and-so grows microgreens. I'm going to get my microgreens from her. I'm going to get my eggs from this guy, like the farm stands and the everybody producing a lot of their own stuff allows mm-hmm. for that um, really connectedness to exist where you know everybody. And yeah. you know where your stuff's coming from. And I know Salt Spring is very much yeah. like that, which is so, so beautiful and exciting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Self-sustainability is pretty amazing. You know, during COVID, I don't even like bringing that word up, but I need to tell you, those farm stands were just like heaven. Yes. They were so, we felt, you know, we were so taken care of in that time. And they got taken care of because we bought all their food. Yeah. And yeah. And we just, we still just leave money in a box. I just had people saying, Kath, do not take that for granted. I was like, oh, thank you. Thanks for reminding me. Cause they were like, you just go and pick that up. Yeah. And pay them. I was like, yeah. yeah. They were like, what? Do, do you realize? I'm like, what? What do I realize? You know? Anyway, they were saying, oh, like they just couldn't believe the, trust in that yeah yeah I have to say that people are blown away by it as well and for people listening that have no idea what we're talking about there's stands and it's not an, an honor system and you just put money in the box nobody is standing guard or anything they just trust <laughs> so you're putting the money in the box or you're sending e-transfers and it works so beautifully I bought an eighth of a bison and you know was just like oh just e-transfer me there was such <laughs> trust you know it's not like did you send that or have you paid or yeah so it's a nice feeling that everybody is supporting Mm -hmm. each other and I feel like there's a huge call to that you know in other places since COVID where it's like living off the land being more self-sustaining and working together you know as humans we were never meant to be alone and I'm curious how the horses might teach people that as well. Like they have mm-hmm. to live in a herd. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for them? Do they thrive at all on their own or? I haven't seen it. 
No, I think some people would argue this the horse is fine on their own. But we, we even just bringing in another horse, they were stoked to have a bigger herd. And, you know, Linda Kohonov, the woman who sort of opened this body of work on a um, big scale, she talks about the, the positions in the herd and, you know, how there's the leader, there's the sentinel, there's the, um, the predator, the nurturer, and how important those roles are and how we don't want to be a sentinel doesn't want to be the leader or, you know, the nurture doesn't want to be the sentinel and how important each of our, like just to be our authentic selves is a flavor in the community that helps it run. You know, you don't have to be all the same flavor. Actually, it's not even optimal. Right. If, if the herd just was full of nurtures, I don't know how they'd survive. They'd all be dead. <laughs> you know, mm. you can't, you need different qualities and different flavors of leadership and awareness and nurture and um, ones that just make the shots, like make the calls. And so I see that in communities too. You know, it's not, I, I don't have to love everyone. But as a whole, we can be very useful and, and that brings connection mm, mm-hmm. to each other in ways that you would never suspect. And, you know, having space for the diversity, it's not easy all the time to have mm-hmm. a ton of diversity in a small community. And it's so important. And so yeah. how to manage that and, you know, how to heal when it does fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many That's people basically. are on Salt Spring? Oh, we were just talking about how for 15 years, I think we've stayed steady at just saying there's 13,000 people here, but we're not okay. sure. <laughs> <laughs> in flux, I'm sure it changes in the summer versus winter. But Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so with that, you'd probably see the same people all the time, right? Fair bit. Fair bit. Fair bit. Yeah. 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 Hello, loves. Just interrupting the show for one quick moment to let you all know about a product that I absolutely love and that I am an affiliate for. As you all know, I have been going through quite the healing journey these past six or so months and insomnia was part of that. And my go-to for insomnia is pearl powder. And it is also amazing. It's been used in Chinese medicine for thousands and thousands of years for our skin and bones. It's full of minerals and it is so nourishing so, so nourishing. And so my favorite company to purchase my pearl powder, my pearl of the sea is from Wild Holistic. I love their small batch, cozy, comfy business style. And it is absolutely a pleasure to purchase their products. And my go-tos are 
the earth drops full of vulvic acid and humic acid and pearl of the sea and the healing body, which is turmeric, ginger, and holy basil full of anti-inflammatory goodness. And so there is a link for Wild Holistic in the show notes. And if you use discount code LISA, capital L, capital I, capital S, capital A, all capitals, use discount code LISA, you will receive a 10% discount on checkout. And I am an affiliate of the company because I use their product and I fully stand by it. And so by purchasing through my link, you are supporting the podcast. Part of the proceeds go to me. And I am so, 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 so grateful. So yeah, back to the show. Can you break down the roles of the horses that you just spoke to, the nurturer, just the names and kind of what their roles are? What their roles are? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a leader, the alpha. There's usually an alpha female and our, I can tell you how our herd works, but my alpha male, he was a stallion before, not into his later years. So he still holds those qualities quite dear to his heart. And so he makes sure the surroundings are safe and the mare takes care of the inside of the herd, makes sure there's water and food and, she's she's always watching um and they sort of alert each other the sentinel is the one that is he's our mind horse and he just one noise and he's his mind is keen he's noticing and he's telling the leader he goes to the alpha stormer and says hey did you notice that can you check that can you can you make sure everything's okay and Stormer goes and does his job. Um, the nurturer is explanatory, you know, just kind and kind of mothering. Get too much in the way, yeah. And, you know, she's sometimes you feel for her actually because the alphas they just they move her along, you know. But she's fine. That's her place in that herd, you know. Um, the predator is the one that sort of makes a hard calls now that's more in a wild herd i don't actually have one of a predator in it might it might actually have to be me when it's time to either put down a horse or if something's happening where i have to make a call so that would be part of my responsibility is owning the horse in my opinion um so there's sentinel leader alpha mare there's dominant they might be a little bit more aggressive, I would say. Like they, they have more of there's. They, they you can have aggressive horses that aren't great leaders, but they they're a force to be reckoned with. There's like they're sort of brutes, and they are. You know, one person said you can have two kinds of horses: ones that one would rather eat, and ones that would rather fight. <laughs> and so, you know, that's usually the aggressor in the in the herd. Um, but there's so, it's very hard to sum. It's so amazing to watch and sort of pick out who is that in a herd. Um, there's so much to say on that topic and 
I can just encourage people, like if you see a group of horses and just watch their dynamics and know that to us, they might be saying, oh, like the poor little horse just got kicked off the top of the fence, you know, just they won't let that one eat or, but know that that's an essential part of their role in, in a herd. And that one knows it's, you know, might not get food right away. And that's sort of the way it is, you know. Um, I wish I was more of an expertise on that, but that is still part that's fascinating to me. You know, mm. I, I wouldn't say I'm, the, the fascinating part is where I'm still learning about all of those dynamics. And because they're domesticated, not a lot of people have a huge herd to right. really watch those play out all the time. But definitely you need a horse that's going to take care of the herd. Yeah. yeah. Someone will always step up and yeah. that that's always fun to, you know, we've had horses move around and watching how a horse in our field was not dominant and then moves to another one and becomes dominant mm -hmm. is also sort of fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, I wish I could speak more clearly to that. It's just so, um, excitable actually in my being thinking about it all mm -hmm. and um, I can just encourage to watch and pay attention and notice them in your own lives notice you know what's your response to a dominant person and what are actually the qualities that that person brings to the community mm -hmm. or what does a nurturer bring or what does the leader bring you know and just how those are so important those they remind me every day like really be who you are because that mm. flavor is important to the whole dynamic of whatever community you're working in basically yeah. essentially i love that as a lesson i think that's the word i want to use but just or encouragement encouragement to just watch animals and yeah. you'll learn how they all work together Mm -hmm. I recently started working with bees and it's just mm. so fascinating how they all have their specific role. They mm. know why they were born. They're doing, you know, and they're, they're doing their thing. Yeah. And it's important for us to remember yeah. we all have our role and also to just slow down and just watch animals. And you can learn so much from nature just by simply observing it mm -hmm. and watching. Mm -hmm it not being so busy or focused on, on getting to the next thing, you know, it's really mm -hmm. that slowing down mm -hmm. and presence mm -hmm. in a big way. Yeah. yeah. Like some of them will do something and you'll just assume like that one's a jerk. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe the other one needed that. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I was one of my clients that worked with bees. He's worked with beers now for like 50 years. And so I love, talking to him about everything he's learned about the bees and I said are you worried about bees disappearing he said oh Kath he said they've been around seven million years and haven't changed so I thought well their system I mean bee systems are so on point they're so strong yeah that yeah he's not worried about them at all and they work together and they they you know they do figure eight dances when they're dropping their pollen and they, you know, they they do so many 
physical, mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of yeah. dynamics. Yeah. Are there any patterns, I'm going to call it patterns or rituals, we'll call it rituals that the horses do that have surprised you? Um, yes, it actually, bring, we had, um, our alpha mare, she was a Gotland horse was dying and, um, she was struggling and we were with her in the pen and she had a block. So we'd get her up and we'd walk her in a circle and then we'd let her rest. And we did this for 12 hours. We did this consistently and at the time, we had five horses in the herd, and each one of them actually stood around the fence. And they would get up with her, and they would walk in a circle with us. And then when we would lay her back down, they would pause, and they would wait. And they all did that. And they did not move with us. They were with us for the 12 hours. And that was sort of the first noticing of how they're probably doing all kinds of things that we're not noticing together to support each other. And so when the mayor knew it was time for her to go, she knew she was dying and we talked about it and we were, you know, she just rubbed noses with the alpha, my horse, the male, rubbed noses. He went to one end. She walked up. She could barely walk, but she was feisty as ever. And she walked right to the corner where we were going to bury her. She didn't even know actually that was her spot. I mean, I guess she knew, but we couldn't believe she knew. And the sentinel followed her and just stood by her until even when she died, he just stood there, just stood and sniffed her. And then we put him put her in her grave and he stood on the site and he just waited and waited and then he left so do you know do they have little routines you know they they go to the same place every day they do those kind of consistent things um but they they're just so deeply together, like beyond mm. what we know, maybe beyond what we witness necessarily. Yeah. But that was really beautiful, really, really beautiful to watch. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like they were healing her or mm. who knows what they were doing, but they mm-hmm. were all working together just as she was. her on and yeah. doing what she wanted to do. And they just, yeah. they held that energy so strong. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like communities and ancestral ways of living. And, you know, if somebody was sick in our community, we would have all been like circled around that person. Mm -hmm. And we do it in different ways. You know, when I was sick, I had friends and family fly out and stay with me. And so it's just, it looks different Mm -hmm. now, you know, but that Mm -hmm. like deeply interconnected Mm -hmm. and together. Yeah, now and the just, instinct to come together, right? There's, yeah, the instinct is strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah we sort of know what to do in the nine one one situation. Yeah, sort of yeah. what I like about the horses is it sort of stopped me. Like, don't just do it in the nine one ones. Like they've offered such a softening to my heart, mm-hmm. where 
doing it for each other all the time works. It's really, you know, yeah, the consistency of having to show up for them. And you re at first, some days you're like, holy smokes, I got to go muck again. Like, wow, I just did that yesterday, you know, but the consistency of it, you really see the gift that the, that brings is, you know, your care for them. And I think I am probably more of a caring. I have more ability to care without using my life force, you know? Yeah. And so that's been a really beautiful gift for sure. And so with their hearts being five times bigger than ours and that like heart, the heart math Institute and everything yeah. working yeah. with them, would that expand the capacity oh. of your heart? Oh my gosh. They're so incredible. Yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. No. Yeah, I feel like I'm coming back to my childlike heart, mm. which I don't think anyone would say I'd mastered 10 years ago. You know, right. I, was, I was get her done, do, do, you know, sort of had more young energy. And they've just really shown me, yeah, the more we can soften to ourselves, the bigger space we can hold. And they just offer that up all the time. Oh, beautiful. That Would you say they're, they're like breaking down the barriers? Like yeah. kind of how I have it vision in my head is we all have like this massive capacity to love and be in our heart. But then the stuff starts piling up that like closes us off to our heart. Mm -hmm. And would you say that the horses kind of like break those barriers down? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I I actually say they teach you boundaries so that you can have that. It's almost like they make your barriers strong so that your heart can actually be open. Because if if your boundaries are falling apart, a horse actually doesn't know how to relate to you. And so, you know, as as humans, we have this practice of we get down or we lose life force and we actually just bring our energy in and we sort of disappear a little bit. Um, and the horses actually need you to still show up with boundaries. Like when you're meeting edges with them, that that's encouraging for them when you can hold space. And so you actually learn how to make your energy express more but you have great boundaries so you don't it's you don't break down in the same way as humans have sort of i don't know how we learned how to do that over generations maybe yeah and would you say barriers and armor are different i think of armor like the hurts like the traumas or i can't trust this men or however it shows up yeah so that feels like armor like it you closed your heart off yeah right would that be the same as like barriers or they kind of like what would the horses do with the armor right they would soften it because you um you feel their heart energy and you feel the safety again 
and you feel how they stand present for you um, and what they offer. And it's encouraging. It's an, it, you can say mentally it's encouraging. <laughs> Physically, it's a feeling. You know, spiritually, it's an opening. And um, they just continue to, they do that every day. They show up. And they have their good days and bad days too, but you're still working with a boundary system, which is really potent. You know, my next retreat's all about boundaries as a foundation of intimacy. And and so, you know, the hearts that are armored, they just stand with you. They'll just, one guy will just stand with you and stand with you and stand with you until you are just feeling that armor come off. You know, they all have their little gifts that they offer, but that definitely, I can't say enough how they just offer softening to the heart. Yeah. And an ability to be in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What can you speak to your retreats? When's your next retreat? My next retreat is July 7th to 9th. Okay. So that one's all about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Just as I was saying, the so for a foundation of intimacy, yeah, and so we'll learn all about energy, how we, you know, you'll get to experience where your boundaries energetically are, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, life force. We play with all the directions, you know. In Chinese medicine, we we use all the directions, and in nature all the directions are very present with their different flavors. So that's what we'll work with is sort of around the directions of how, how um, to experience intimacy and boundaries with your energy. Beautiful. And so do people come and stay at your place or do you rent something on salt spring? How does that work? Yeah, I know that is the hard part. Um, Hmm. Well, I do rent uh, my neighbors actually. So there's, there's a spot for people um, and you can also camp or rent, but not on my property yet. Mm. But there, there is a, a dream coming true, hopefully sooner than later. But to to b- build like facilities, yeah. facilities on your land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen bunkies, bunky yes. life? Aren't those They're so, so cute? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know I found some great ones. I'm like, oh yeah, those bunkies need to be part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be amazing. Yeah. Well, how do you work with the horses and addiction? Does that come into your sphere? Yeah. Um, addiction is fascinating. I I always say we're all on the spectrum somewhere of you know addiction and. Um, Again, it's almost the same tracking. It's like, can we track our energy with the horse to start playing in the realms of where we go and what happens when we're triggered? So my experience around addiction is that it's when we come out of a comfort or a homeostasis that we want to try and either escape or we feel more regulated in a bizarre way. It's, it's manageable. Whatever we're using for addiction, we just think, oh, I'll, 
I'll do this or I'll receive this, whatever the addiction is. And I'll be able to be more manageable for myself. Right. So again, addictions play on so many different layers, mental, spiritual, physical, life force, you know, inner child. And um, we work with that specifically depending, you know, one, one person came and they had a, a, a sex addiction and I thought we were going to be working with the horses, but we ended up working with mushrooms growing on the grass because that's where they found a connection to how connected all the mushrooms were through, you know, under the ground. Anyway, without going too much detail. Yeah. You know, so, um, the whole arena of nature is amazing to deal with addiction. Mm-hmm. The, it's, they didn't take the mushrooms. They just like, no, they were just looking at them and realizing, you know, on the outside, they looked a certain way, but on the inside, they were actually connecting to other mushrooms and to roots of trees. And, you know, that just helped them see something in themselves that day. So it all plays a part once we're in the field. And I always say, as soon as you enter that barn, everything's on deck, you know, you're in ceremony and the trees are in play. The birds are in play. People that walk by are in play, you know, all of it counts. So yeah, addictions, I find them very fascinating in our culture and nature plays with them quite well. They, they're very the animals and nature, they don't have a mental concept about it. It's, it's an irregulation or a regulation in the body. And that's what they pay attention to, which is really beautiful for people to move way beyond the thought and the mental space of addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just shows how the land can heal. Nature can heal. Yes. You know, Mm-hmm. Our phones don't heal. Yeah. You know, or technology. But I shouldn't say that there are pieces or places that it has. You know, I think about addiction and screens and how that can play into um, the opposite of healing it, making it more alive, you know, and so that connecting to nature and slowing mm-hmm. down and being mm-hmm. with what is exactly in front of you is so powerful. What do you think the lesson was or with addiction and healing? Like, is it that interconnectedness of all things that this client received was just like, wow, I'm bigger. I'm part of a bigger picture, mm-hmm. not isolated mm-hmm. and alone. Mm-hmm. That was huge to realize the connection and the connection that you don't see, you know, but you can feel, but often we don't say it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's so much mental process around addiction that I think just getting back into the body helps you mm-hmm. see where you regulate or dysregulate and why you have time to just go into that connection rather out of the connection. Mm, yeah. You're never away from it. 
you're never away from connection. Mm. And if we're in flight or fight or in our mental space, we disconnect. So the horses sort of teach you to connect again, how to continue connecting constantly and that it's okay. Even if it's uncomfortable, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it just gives you the space of, you know, I'd love to say I can totally understand what they do and it still blows my mind. It mm-hmm. really And I think that's the part that allows me to keep going back every time is, I don't know if we totally know, you know, the more we know, the less we know. And um, 100%. Yeah. I just keep watching people and watching Mm. horses and just am in awe of the nonverbal aspect of it. Yeah. And what I feel or think in that moment can be so different from what that person is experiencing. And that's Mm. so perfect too. It's so right for them, you know, so a place where it can be just right for you. It can be, you know, it's such a nice thing to have in our culture where we're always trying to fix ourselves or change something or you got to do this or, you know, all Mm. these things have to happen for you to be a perfect human. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, They don't. That's not what they're into. It's not what they bring. And it's beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We just had a, an 80, she was, I think she was 80 and she came and she had sore hands and she could, she's like, I can barely move my hands. And I thought, well, <laughs> okay. I said, you know, just come see them. I don't know what's going to happen. And um, she just stood beside them. And all of a sudden her hands started working, opening and closing. And I thought, well, I can't make that up. (laughs) (laughs) I can't explain it. And so I thought, well, let's see, you know, because I'm sort of into the prolonged therapy effect. And um, I just spoke to her a couple of days ago and she said, they're still 80% better. That is wild. You know, how nature has its healing abilities through the animal, you know, you just yeah. don't know all the answers, you know? Yeah. That's like yeah. bees. That's fascinating. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Bees, the sting, the venom yeah. is so healing for arthritis and stuff and all kinds of things. Yes. Where I've avoided getting stung by bees my whole life. You know, I'm scared uh-huh. of it. And their vibration. Have you heard of these vibration they're doing for PTSD? Yes. The vibration yes. beds and they hum at a certain frequency. Yes. And it's I'm moving. so curious. I know. This this is the new medicine, you see. That the horses yeah. this is the mute, you know, the frequency, how to heal diseases at a frequency. Yes. That yeah. is already present in nature and has survived millions and millions of years before we've come. I just think yeah. how so can cool. I honor that this lifetime? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. so beautiful. PTSD in the horses, is that similar to addiction Mm -hmm. like do they just bring you into your body and that's Mm -hmm. going to yeah Mm -hmm. shift the ptsd yeah yeah yeah. i love it i love it what's been your biggest lesson along the way um probably boundaries is a foundation for intimacy for me Mm. yeah it's helped me with all my teenage kids and you know um, in my relationship with my partner, 
with my dogs. You know, it's really helped me see it as a way for true expression is actually Mm -hmm. saying yes and no. Yeah. And how that actually opens us up, you know, beyond our wildest dreams, really. Yeah. How do you experience the mysteries? How do I experience the mysteries of the horses? Yeah, could be of the horses or of life. Of life. Yeah. I love the mysteries of life. (laughs) I think (laughs) they started, you know, part of me is like, I don't know if I'd be that excited about life if there weren't the mysteries. Um, I want to say the mysteries allow me to take life in stride. Um, it's not always beautiful. And that's where it's hard to remember to, you know, healing and depth and pain. They're, they're aspects of being in this dimension on earth. And if the mystery feels alive, then I can be more present to the pain, even if it's heart wrenching. Yeah. And so that's what I feel like the horses have offered me is an opening to actually believe that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just softening to yourself, softening to yourself, softening to yourself and just opening to the mystery as a practice. Do you have any practices that you use to root into yourself? To well, be with I yourself? I poo every day with the horses. <laughs> 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 you know, I could hire someone to do it and part of me is like, no, it's such a good practice. Mm-hmm. Um, my practices are... You know, they really are around energy mm. and softening. Yeah. Um, I love trees. I love, I watch nature a lot. When things get really sort of humanly intense, I'll often just turn to nature and watch the water or the trees and look for signs yeah of where i'm supported (laughs) or Mm. feel supported you know yeah yeah so that slowing down is what it feels like the noise isn't in nature yeah no get still and quiet is there anything on your heart that you want to add to this beautiful conversation before we close love well it's been a pleasure speaking with you that was really fun and um (laughs) My heart feels soft and open right now. So that was, that's a nice experience after conversation. Yes. And um, well, this conversation just really, I'm feeling encouragement and um, encouragement to continue just to be with ourselves in all the situations and see see who we are 
Mm, and be yeah. gentle about it, not have the judgment, just being curious. Yeah. So thanks for You're offering welcome. that in your interview. You're welcome. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? You can find me at sacredhorse.ca. And um, my Gmail is sacredhorse Salt Spring Island. Okay. Salt Spring. It'll be in the show, show notes. It will be well. there. Are you active on Instagram or no? Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. well, a little bit. I try and be. <laughs> I don't know how people are. <laughs> but um, at Sacred Horses okay. okay. is That'll my Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Horses that, pictures for you. Horses. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. Well, thank you, love, for this beautiful yeah. conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the Phoenix Rising podcast. Please like, share, download, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Phoenix Rising podcast. Sending so much love.